forward to what God's going to do this coming Sunday. Uh, we have a special guest, Pastor Nathaniel and Bethany Pace will be with us. And uh, he'll be ministering and she'll be uh, ministering in song and leading in worship. And uh, I appreciate the Paces coming to be here. And uh, the last time that he was here, he was single. And the last time she was here, she was single. But now they're coming and they're married. And, uh, and they're not Brother Pace and Sister Kuzma. They're Brother and Sister Pace. Or as they'll tell you, Nathaniel and Bethany. But we're honored to have them on Sunday. And, uh, and I pray that you will welcome them, make them feel loved as always. And uh, I tell them all the time, you know, you're a part of our church. You may not be here every Sunday, but you're a part of our church. And, uh, and so I tell them we, we love them like family, and, and they are family. And so we're happy to have them here this coming uh, Sunday. Don't forget our trunk or treat coming up. We've got plenty of flyers out in the foyer, and uh, we want everybody to be a part of that night. It's going to be a great time. And, and, and I know last year somebody said, Pastor, I just don't, I, I don't want to decorate my car. I don't know what to decorate my car with. That's okay. Just come and fellowship with us. We have a great time meeting people in the community. And uh, do like me. I, I just bring a school bus. And he said, Pastor, I don't have a school bus. That's okay. I brought, I brought the school bus, but I didn't sit there. I walked around everybody else's car and ate, ate their candy. So just come and eat everybody else's candy. Fellowship with the community. It'll be a good time uh, together. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, I'll be going to the book of John chapter 10. Uh, but I wanted to open up tonight with a story from John Maxwell. And uh, the story goes like this. Hello, my name is Jordan, and I am a drug addict. And this is John Maxwell now reading. That was the first sentence of this young man's story that he sent to me. He went on to tell me how for years that, he was, that this is how he identified himself. He was a two-sport all-star athlete in high school. He received a college scholarship to run track and play football at the University of Kentucky. But during his sophomore season, he broke his ankle. And that is when Jordan received his first prescription to Oxycontin. He wrote about how addiction quickly took a hold of his life and sent him spinning out of control. And after two failed drug tests, the university kicked him out and removed his scholarship. Jordan had lost everything that he worked for, and he landed at a place called the Teen Challenge in North Carolina. The Teen Challenge was a Christian rehabilitation center in the business of restoring lives with the hope of Jesus Christ. He said it was during this time in Teen Challenge that he began to realize that God wasn't done with him yet. And all those defeating titles like addict didn't have to be attached to his name for the rest of his life. His story was far and is far from over. Jordan told me that in the years since his recovery, he went back and got his master's degree from that same college that kicked him out. And now he is a teacher, a coach, and a newlywed. And he recently felt God calling him into full-time ministry. And he closed the story by saying, These days I introduce myself a little differently than I used to. Hello, my name is Jordan, and I am a child of the one true king. What a powerful example of God at work in someone's story. I read Jordan's story and I couldn't help but wonder how many people in the world are walking around defined by the defeat and the regret of past mistakes. Believing a lie that you'll never be able to kick an old habit or move on from yesterday's 
mistakes. Jordan's story is powerful proof that we are not defined by our past. God can restore, redeem, and renew our hearts and our lives. He can set our feet on a new path that will lead our lives to a destination far greater than what we used to call home. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So tonight, I want to ask you, what is it that you name yourself? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday when I preached to you, I am who my father says that I am. And I just felt encouraged to, to continue this tonight. And, 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 and I wonder how many of us have ever felt alone or anonymous or unnamed or, or, or we, just, we just felt like we were unknown to anyone. There's a time when, when you get a phone call now uh, with, you used to, you'd try to, uh, you'd answer the phone. There was no screening phone calls. You would answer the phone and, and, and hope that it was someone you wanted to talk to. And when it wasn't, you would try to find a reason to get off the phone. And so you're shaking your head and you're smiling. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Well, now we've got these caller IDs. And I remember when caller ID first came out, I was, a, I was just a kid. And I remember my dad would go, who's calling? And we would say out the name. He'd go, let it go to voicemail. I said, you don't want to talk to him? Not right now. I Just let it go to the message. I'll call him back later. Or he would say, Who's calling? And before he would answer, or I would answer, I would have picked the phone up and answered. And then he would come and see who it was, and then I'd get a whooping for answering the phone too quickly. Or they'd say, who is it? And you'd tell me, go, oh, go ahead and answer that phone call. Well, now you can do that on your cell phone. But every once in a while, I get a phone number that says, unknown caller. Anybody else ever get that? And if I'm in a really good and fun mood, I'll answer the call. And I'll, I'll just answer Joe's sub shop or Hopper's preaching ministries. I don't know what I'll answer sometimes. It's just fun. And, and I like to have, because most of the time it's telemarketers. I got a call today from Clearwater, Florida. Right in the middle of a hurricane. Those people are dedicated. And I wanted to answer the phone and say, listen, I don't know what it'll take, but I need you to come up to Dwajak. And come to my church because sometimes at the slight of rain or snow, we got people that don't want to come to church. But you're working in the middle of a hurricane. I thought, my goodness, God must be blessing you enough to work in the middle of a hurricane. You're committed. But we get these unknown callers. And I've, and I've wondered sometimes, and this is just how my mind works, I've, I've wondered how must that person feel on the other end to know that their phone is an unknown caller. There's something disconcerting about feeling like no one knows who we are. No one knows where we are. No one knows how we're doing. And, and frankly, for me, I don't know sometimes if it would make a difference if somebody really knew. But it's nice just to know that somebody knows. I asked somebody one time how they were doing. They didn't want to tell me, and I insisted that they tell me. And they said, you can't do anything for me anyway. And I said, well, it might make you feel better. They finally told me, I said, well, do you feel better? No, I feel worse now because somebody else knows. I said, oh, well, that wasn't my intent. I'm, I'm really sorry. I just thought, okay, I just want to comfort you. I want to support you. But sometimes we just feel like nobody knows. 
Nobody knows us. There's nothing more sad than being alive but feeling isolated and, and insignificant and irrelevant like being dead before we die. And, and, and it may be the senior citizen that may sit alone at, at, at McDonald's and drink their coffee and think that no one cares. Or maybe a worker in a large corporation who feels as though no one knows that they exist or no one knows their name. Or a student who's in a large school feels like a nameless face in a crowd. Or it might be the wife of a, 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 who's a homemaker spending hours while her husband works and her kids are at school. There are people who are alive but they sometimes feel as though their life makes no difference and that the world would not change in any substantial way if they ceased to exist. And so I want to talk to you tonight from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. And the Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Jesus says that when a true shepherd comes to get his sheep, the sheep will recognize the voice of their shepherd. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. They follow the shepherd because they know the voice and they won't follow the voice of a stranger. David said in Psalms 95, he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture. He knows our name. He knows my name. He knows your name. We are never alone. We're never anonymous. We are, we, we are uh, uh, never forsaken. We're never forgotten. When we are forsaken, the Bible says, David told us this in Psalms 27. He said, when my father and my mother forsake me, this is how I know I'm never alone. The Lord will take care of me. Another version says that, and there's many times that when people's parents pass away, they don't know what to do. Another version of this says that when my father and my mother have gone on, the Lord will take care of me. You see, not only must we know our father's and our shepherd's voice, we have been assured that he knows who he is and who is not. He knows his sheep, and in fact, he calls them by name. In a world of anonymity, he knows my name. You get phone calls and, uh, and, and emails and text messages right around this time of the year. And in the next month, they're just going to get even worse from politicians and salesmen and interest groups that are clamoring for votes and they're, they're clamoring for dollars and our time. But, but the good shepherd calls us by name to give us hope, to give us help, and to give us healing. Our good shepherd will never leave us alone. He will come looking for us. Even if we are the only ones, he will not abandon us or leave us behind. He knows 
our name. The Lord knows your name. David said in his Psalms 147, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. He counts the number of the stars and he calls them by their names. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. Verse 4 in that, in chapter 147, he counts the number of stars and he calls them by their names. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. I have, I have on, my, on my, uh, my elementary bus route, I have about 42 kids. And every day when they get on the bus, I call them by their name and, and at each one of their stops. But then it gets a little difficult when they're all getting off at the same time. I try to tell each and every one of them, goodbye this one, goodbye that one, goodbye this one. I try to tell them each by their name, but there's so many coming at one time that sometimes I get tripped up and I may call one another name and the other another name. Now, my high school, middle school route, I have somewhere between 60 and 75 kids, and I know about maybe seven of their names. But God knows the stars all by their names. One astronomer said that the number of stars we can see with the naked eye is about the same as the number of grains of sand that we can scoop up and hold in our hand. However, there are far more skies that we can see with the naked eye. It is estimated that our galaxy alone may contain 400 billion stars. And it is estimated that there are more than 170 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Now, I'm not a professional mathematician. But when I asked my phone today, how many stars are in 170 billion galaxies? My phone, Suri, Suri on my phone, she told me that it is one septillion stars. That's one followed by 24 zeros. And God counts the numbers. David told us. God counts the number of the stars and he calls them by name. And I'm pretty sure that there's not any juniors in those stars. It's amazing to me that with all of these names of the stars, he still knows my name. He knows my name. I've seen these videos where it's, it's from a satellite and it zooms in on a single person in their yard. And it starts to pull away and it shows them in their backyard. And then it shows their neighborhood. And then it shows their, their area of their town or their city. And then it shows the city and then the state and then the country and then the world. And it keeps zooming all the way out. And at the very end of it, it's all of these galaxies. And it said, this is how God sees you. You see, one estimate is that there's a total global population of 7.3 billion. And there's over 2 billion people on the earth who call themselves Christians. Even if not all of them are truly serving God, that's still a lot of people. And He knows your name. He knows your 
name. It's important to recognize the voice of the shepherd when he calls our name. If we're headed in the wrong direction, the shepherd will call us by name. And I'm wondering if we know his voice. There's been times that I've had, I've had a pastor or I've had a minister who has spoken to my life. And, 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 and I knew that it was God speaking through them to me. It has confirmed some things. It has, it has put some things into perspective. And when I pray about it, it, it all lined up. And I knew that that was God. But then there's been other times that somebody has told me something or they've spoke something into my life or they've tried to speak something over me. And when I pray about it, I just I, I feel that's, that's not God. That's not, that's not there. And it's at that moment that I recognize that this is not God's voice that's speaking to me. This is the voice of somebody else who thought they heard the voice of God. And I wonder how many of us know our shepherd's voice. When we're about to make a decision that will have a lasting, harmful, and hurtful consequence in our life, he will call our name. Jesus knows my name. And I often wonder sometimes, when I'm in trouble and he calls my name, will I recognize his voice? When there's been times that maybe I haven't prayed or fasted like I should, and, and I maybe feel something, is that the Lord or is that me? Somebody in the church is talking to me, is this God or is this a personal opinion? What is it? When I'm tempted or I'm leaning in the wrong direction, will I recognize his voice? Will I respond to his voice? Will I follow him or will I go in my own way? And, and see, and the reason I think about this is, is as I think about when the angel came to Mary, he said, Hail Mary. He called her by name. And I don't know if Mary was the first one of, that the angel approached, but when he approached, she heard him and she said, Yes, Lord. You see, out of all the young girls in, in Israel, of all the virgins of Israel, Mary was the one that was in tune with God. Enough that when her name was called, she heard him. Abraham's name was Abram. But when God called him out from where he was, he didn't call him by his name Abram. He said, your name shall be called Abraham, which means father of the faithful. When he called his name, he was not faithful, but he knew that he would be faithful. If you were to ask Abram what his name was, he would have said, Abram. But if you ask God what Abram's name was, he said, his name is Abraham because he is faithful. You see, God is not looking at you and calling you by what the world calls you. He's not calling you defeated. He's not calling you unfaithful. He's not calling you a loser. He's not calling you sick. He's not calling you unhealthy. He's calling you a winner. He is calling you faithful. He's calling you a child of the living God. The old names that you used to have, you don't have to have anymore because God has given you a new name. And, and, and I've, I've said this before that 
that I don't know who I'm talking to. Or, and, and I've also said I know that I'm not just talking to one. I'm talking to everybody. But this has been on my heart that somebody has been carrying the names of, of, of hate and of bitterness and of anger. And, and God is saying, listen, that's not your name. Or that doesn't have to be your name. You can change your name. We had a, a wedding here over the weekend, and, uh, and, and after the ceremony was over, we were signing the marriage license, and the bride said, now, just to make sure that I'm correct, I sign how I want my name to be, right? And I said, well, what is your name uh, this morning? And she told me her name, and, and I said, what is your name now? And she told me her new name, and I said, that is your name. Sign your name. Not what you want it to be. You have just signed... Or you are going to sign what you just told me. That is your name. Is that what you want? Yes, that's what I want to take his name on. Sign that name then. God is saying, look, hey, I've given you a new name. It's up to you to sign the paper. To say, this is my name. But are you listening to the voice of God? God knows who you are. He knows where you're at. And, 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 and uh, he knows what you ate for breakfast. He knows what you ate for lunch. It, it, this was kind of funny this morning. Uh, my, my wife and I both had appointments this morning to meet with people for breakfast. And um, I forgot where she was going for breakfast. It, I knew where she was going, but it slipped my mind. And I ended up going into the same place. I bet you all can't guess where we were at. Um, we were at Wahoo's. And, uh, and I walked in with, with the person I was meeting. She was already in there. The waitress came over, and, uh, and we know her because we're in there enough. And, and she goes, hey, gentlemen, what you want to drink? And I said, I'm going to have a Pepsi, but wait for my wife to leave before you bring it. And she kind of laughed, and she said, I got you. Because they all know I, I, we, I drink a lot of water now, and I, I don't drink a lot of soda. But this morning, I just had a hankering for a Pepsi or a Coke or something. I had a dull headache. I just needed a little bit of sugar or something. And, uh, and she was over there talking. I didn't want to go give her a kiss, but, I, you know, um, some of y'all get that. I need a little bit of sugar. Anyway, so I, I, I made that joke. And, and, and the person I was with goes, you know, you could try to hide from your wife, but you made a commitment with God, too. And he sees what you're drinking right now. And I said, you know, you don't have to be here this morning. I'm paying for your breakfast there, dude. And uh, it, was, it was Brother Moorhead. He came down and we had breakfast together. And so we were messing around. But then I got to thinking, you know, Brother Ken, God really does see everything we do, don't he? We can try to hide it from our spouse. We can try to hide it from our kids. We can try to... How many of you have ever bought... You know, just unhealthy junk food that you're wanting to hide from your kids and you put it in the healthy food box. Am I the only one that's ever thought to try to do that so my kids wouldn't disturb my junk food? I guess I am. Somebody's going, Pastor, you're an addict. You have a problem. You can try to hide things from your kids. You can try to hide things from your pastor. You can try to hide things from your, your pastor's wife or the leadership of the church. But God sees everything. I remember growing up in that song, Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Because the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. But the way my Sunday school teacher used to sing it, when it got to the, the Father up above is looking, she just talked about putting the fear of God into us, but oh, he's looking down in love. 
Be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little mouth, what you speak. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because the Father up above, he's looking down in love. And I used to think that God was sitting up on the judgment throne just looking down going, okay, I'm going to write that down, going to write that, going to remember that. Oh, I'm going to tell your dad about that. Telling your mom about that too, you know. But he sees everything. He knows who we are. He knows where you're at. He knows that accident that you're about to get into and he saves you from it. He sees everything. He knows what's going on in your marriage. He knows what's going on in your job situation. He knows what's going on in your family. He knows where you live. He knows your address. And he knows your name. He's concerned about you. There's a time that Jacob was getting ready to face the most critical time in his life. And Jacob had moved away from home for over 20 years. Hadn't seen his brother in 20 years. And, and when he left, it was a bad situation. His brother said he was going to kill him. He was not pleasant and he was not happy with that family situation. And Isaac was going back to meet Esau. And Jacob went to God in prayer and he said, he, he, he said something probably like, you know, God, are you out there? How many of us have ever said that before? God, are you there? When we have felt so alone and we've got so frustrated that we prayed, God, where are you? God, are you even listening to me right now? God, do you even know that I exist? I've done so many things that were so wrong. Jacob, this is Jacob. He said, I would call myself a trickster. I'm even a supplanter. You, I'd even call myself a liar. But when he began to pray, God said, I know who you are, Jacob. I know who, don't tell me who you think you are. I know who you are. I know where you've been. You call yourself a trickster. You call yourself a liar. But I call you Israel, I call you a prince with God. I know who you are. I know what you've been through. I've got you in my sight. And I've got my hand upon you. And you are my child. And I know your name. When Mary Magdalene was depressed because the man who had given her life had died, he was crucified and whipped and beaten and hung on a cross. They took him down. They threw him in a tomb. And her world had ceased to exist. And she didn't know how she was going to go face tomorrow. But when she began to make her way to the garden, she ran across a man who she thought was the gardener. And she said, where have they taken my Jesus? She, saw, she thought that no one knew what she was facing. She was so upset. Where have they taken my Jesus? But then Jesus said, Mary. And when he called her by name, she recognized who he was. You may be down and out. You may be depressed. You may be calling yourself a name. But you've got to start listening because Jesus knows your name. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you're at. He knows where you've been. And there's so many times that we can go from the mountaintop of victory into the valley of defeat. God has called us Israel, but we slip on the banana peel and we move back down into the valley of Jacob. And we move back down into, I am this and I'm that and I'm horrible and I'm, nobody wants to be around me and I might as well just go eat some worms and ho-hum. And... But God says that's not how we're supposed to live our life. We're supposed to go from faith to faith, 
And from glory to glory. God has called you by name. And I know that this may be simple tonight, but I'm a simple person and this is speaking to me. I've got to remember in my own life when there's times that I'm, I'm upset or I'm, I'm down about something that, you know what, I don't have to be this way. God, God didn't call me to live this way. God called me to be victorious. God called me to live a joyful life. God called me to live a blessed life. And there's an old song that says, He knows my name. He hasn't forgotten me. He hasn't forsaken me. He knows my name. He sees each tear that falls. And He hears me when I call. And so tonight I ask you, are you hearing the voice of God? Are you hearing the shepherd's call? He's calling somebody tonight. Somebody who's watching tonight, he's calling somebody back to the fold. He's calling somebody back to life. Some he's offering more abundant life. You're saved and you know it, but you're not living an abundant life. He's calling you to follow him, to obey him, to trust him so that he can bless you. Some he's calling into ministry. Some he's calling to a closer walk. And he is calling to the word, to prayer, and to devotion. Let's stand together tonight. And we're going to ask the Lord to hear our call. To hear our cry. But in return, we're going to ask the Lord for wisdom. To hear his call. And to hear his voice. And to recognize his voice. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this night that you've given us. I thank you for those that have joined us here in the house and those that have joined us online, whether it be through uh, social media, through YouTube, on a phone, on a computer, whatever it is, and from wherever they're watching. Lord, I ask tonight that, that as we cry out to you, that you hear our voice. In return, God, I ask that you help us to recognize your voice when you call. To recognize your voice when you try to move us into the right direction, away from the wrong direction. To move us right when we're trying to go left. To get us on the path that leads to righteousness. I thank you for knowing my name tonight. I thank you for not calling me what people on this earth have called me or the names that they've tried to put on me. Or even the names that I've tried to put on myself. But Lord, I thank you for calling me by my name. I thank you for calling me victorious. I thank you for calling me healed. I thank you for calling me blessed. And Lord, I thank you for your comfort. I thank you for your words, for your, your love and your kindness. And I ask tonight that somebody in this place or somebody that's watching will also feel that same love. They'll feel your arms surround them and know that they are not alone, but you are with us. When everyone else surrounds us, forsakes us, you are with us. 
We thank you, Lord, for your blessings tonight. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We ask you to be with us as we go from this place, as we move throughout the rest of our week. We love you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in God tonight. Go loving one another. And uh, we'll see you Sunday morning. And it's uh, going to be a great time.